0: love pebbles i threw them all at you just like we used to do when we were in primary school hi guys and welcome to the third episode of hex the podcast before i say any more about what today's character will be all about i want to say thank you thank you for subscribing commenting and writing to me about hex I was so worried when I started writing these episodes. I'm the kind of person who thinks nothing is a problem until I actually have to do it. And when it was time to sit down and actually do this, I really thought I'd bitten off way more than I could chew. I've always wanted to do something like this. And your words really do mean the world to me. So thank you. You make me very, very happy. We are more than halfway through this little project now, and if you're new to Hex, then welcome. You are highly appreciated. There are, however, three previous episodes that you should hear before you get stuck into this one. The introduction explains what this pod is all about, and in the second and third episode, I talk about the songs See and Remember Me. Both songs from my Hex EP, Both songs available wherever you like listening to music. I really recommend that you start from the top. I'll be here waiting for you when you finish. But if you are only interested in this one, the quick recap is that I have made this audio to explain a little bit about the thought process behind the Hex songs and the videos accompanying them. In Hex, every song has a video Every video has its own character, and every character is rooted and found in Scandinavian folklore. Let us begin. What are the two things human beings desire the most? What are the two concepts we cannot idealistically achieve complete happiness without? Love and freedom. Two simple words that make up the foundation of life. Agree? Thing is, if you really dig into those two concepts, they kind of don't go that well together. Before I continue on this podcast about mine, I want to make myself super clear. These are just my thoughts surrounding the concepts of love and freedom. And it is important that you know that I am not talking of the physical part of liberty. Humanity have a dark and appalling history of slavery, incarceration, warfare and serfdom. That freedom is of course an absolute human right. What I am on about here is psychological freedom. The kind of freedom we uphold in our minds. Love binds us. It holds us down. And forces us to make choices that a lot of people argue are very unnatural. Love, essentially, forces us to put the needs of others above our own. A common consensus is that love makes us free. But is being free and feeling love even possible? Is claiming that love equals free the biggest basic lie? The basic lie? or the lie being a concept thinkers and authors have dabbled in for centuries. I'll explain this further later on in the podcast. The lie is one of my favorite aspects when it comes to the discussion surrounding human psychology. About a year ago, I wrote a song that really got me thinking about this. Freedom and love. Why? Because of a word we so often use about the people we love. A word that when used to describe another being, immediately incarcerates that person within your mind. That word is mine. Mine is a devious word. It's small, narrow and kind of petty. It can be devastating when used in the wrong way. It's a word that describes something that we are not really willing to share. It's a word that brings me back to school and child play. A word that symbolizes complete ownership. It's a word we all use way too much. Without even realizing the power behind those four little letters. Mine. I wrote the song Mine about my husband Mark. I promise to tell you all about that, but for now... Let me stop annoying you with my thoughts and lectures and let me tell you about the Scandinavian folklore character, which in my opinion, most embodies the word mine. Her name? Huldra. Huldra, or the Huldur, is one of my favorite folklore creatures. She is a humanoid, a loner, fearless in her needs. She takes what she wants, not really depending on anything. I used to dress up like her in school carnivals and costume parties. It was either her or Pippi Longstocking. There's a pattern here, I know. Huldra is a forest warden. Sort of like a mermaid of the trees. Her name derives from root, meaning covered or secret. She lives in the forest. Sleeps inside the mountains, and she's breathtakingly beautiful. Except for her tail. She can be identified by her long, thick, animal tail. She's supposedly always fully dressed, as her back is covered with hair. And she has a temper that she cannot control. Her only passion, according to folklore, that is, is men. Huldra wants to seduce and take all men. I'm relaying this last bit with a gnawing thought in the back of my head, and I'm thinking that this is an unfair assessment when it comes to the Huldra's image. She's portrayed as a strong creature who is the warden of the ancient forests. I dare say, with a certainty that is pretty much set in stone, that men would not be Huldra's only passion. Huldra is one of the most known Scandinavian members of the troll family. Every little girl over here knows about Huldra. We even have places named after her. This legend too started as another scare tactic. In the song see I talk about Nøkken. And Nøkken embodies the water and the dangers of drowning. In the song Remember Me, Natmara is the demon who forces us to face ourselves and our own conscience. Huldra is what happens if you get lost in the forest. But now, I'm not talking about losing your way in the literal forest. Thank Apple for iPhones and Google Maps and all that, but I'm talking about losing your way in love. We hate when what we consider ours leaves us. In the second episode of this podcast, I talk a lot about the phenomenon that is apophenia. Apophenia being the tendency to perceive connection and meanings between unrelated things. Human beings love that. We are a logical species. We can think, and thinking means we can draw conclusions, and how we love to draw conclusions. Sometimes, though, We experience emotions that are too severe to process. Henrik Ibsen, Norway's most celebrated poet and playwright, has this play called Villan, or um, The Wild Duck. In the play, the Ekdal family are accused of living a basic lie, or a life illusion. Now, I'm not going to dive into this play and bore you with an analysis you did not come here to hear, but you should read it, Ibsen is a G. It is so ballsy and astonishing for a writer in the 1880s to suggest that most people in our society is just basically hiding from painful truth behind suitable lies. Especially seeing as we still do that today. On a quick side note, and this is in no way advertising, but the Grand Hotel in Oslo which happens to be one of my most favorite hotels in the world, is one of Ibsen's old stomping grounds. They have a suite named after him, and I got upgraded once and spent the night in it. I could live in that room. I didn't even leave it to go shopping. Side note too, I really love shopping. But that day, I just stayed in the room and drank it in. I swear he's in the walls of it. Anyway... The life lie or the life illusion is what we use to escape from the real truth. We all do it. Ibsen nods to the fact that none of us can go on without that illusion of the basic lie, and he's not wrong. Look into yourself. Ask yourself all those hard, bitter-tasting questions. You'll soon realize you do it too. I do it. We all do it. Ta din livslönen från ett genomsiktsmannske. Ta dig själv lyckan från ham med det samme? Translated, this is: Rob the average man of his life illusion, and you rob him of his happiness at the same. Enter huldra. Remember I said huldra steals away men? Well, imagine you're a woman living in 16th-century Norway, and your husband leaves you. One day, he just doesn't come home from the fields. Gone. Poof. You're alone. With, like, ten kids. Now, this is not handled the way we would today, where we would cry for a week, then call up on girlfriends and mothers, talk, cry more, get drunk, get sober, get angry, call lawyers, and try and take the bastard for all he has. No, this was unthinkable. Something or someone must be blamed. This is where Huldra comes in. Huldra, that beautiful temptress who live amongst the trees, luring unsuspecting boys and men away from their families and chores, just so that she can keep them and make them hers. She symbolizes the gap that separates you from what used to be yours. In my own humble, well, maybe not that humble, opinion, the word mine is a basic lie. Nothing really belongs to us. Mine is a man-made concept. And I dare say that considering your family and loves as your own possessions is the number one life illusion we live in this world. I met the man I call mine, almost 11 years ago. In one of those storybook moments that I didn't even believe in until I walked right into one. Long story short, he opened the door to a studio in London, said hello, smiled, and I was head over heels in love. Sickening. I know. Now, storybooks lie. We all know that. No matter how good it starts, No one really lives happily ever after, at least not without a severe dose of adjustment, a bigger dose of acceptance, and a huge truckload of compromise. Love to me, as beautiful as those four letters sound when we combine them, doesn't stand a chance without these three things. When our son William came into this world, a mere 18 months after Mark and I first met, I felt completed. After a serious battle with adjustment, that is. Nothing anyone says can ever prepare you for children. It's a different story for everyone, but I am not one bit ashamed to say that I struggled hard in that first year of my son's life. All that used to be mine was mine no more. Time, love, money, sanity, sleep, it all belonged to him. And I used to think I was a terrible mother for feeling like this. I was dealing with all of these losses and at the same time, I was experiencing an emotion I had never felt before. I had met someone that I would gladly give up my life for. My son, my all, mine. But William is not mine. I will protect him with my life. I would do anything for him, but he's not mine, he's his own. He will grow up, make his choices, and live his life. I love him like nothing else in this world, but he does not belong to me. Mark is my husband, but he is not mine. I am his wife, but I am not his. We are simply two individuals who have chosen to live our lives together. I think it's one of the biggest flaws of humanity, this need we have to claim another person. We possess things, we can own houses and clothes and cutlery, but a human is not a possession. A human being can never be owned. In the previous episode of this podcast, I talk about my feelings surrounding leaving London after so many years living, loving and working there. I'm a small town girl. I craved big city life. But while you can take the girl out of the small town, it appears you can't really take the small town out of the girl. I missed my little Norway so much, my bones actually hurt. Mark saw it. He compromised, adjusted and accepted that if our love was going to continue to grow in a common direction, he had to make a huge change. He had to make the London boy learn to love small town Norway. He struggled. It was hard for me to watch. Harder for him to experience. He became colder. Distant. So I followed lead. And we almost lost the thing that I know we are most proud of. Our us. And I became onerous. I wanted to own him. I wanted him to be mine. Before anyone or anything else. So I wrote the song. Mine. With two great friends also norwegians. Their names are Bård Bunsaxen and Edvard Erfjord, and I couldn't have done it without them. We finished the record at 3 in the morning on a Thursday night. It was a hard one to sing, because I felt so weak in it. I hate feeling weak, and I hate admitting to my own insecurities. In the second verse, right before the chorus, I say, I bet she lets you have it hard. It's not what you think. The chorus opens with the line, cause now the monster wheels on her bus. They're gonna hit us, baby. My Huldra is not another woman beckoning my man away. My Huldra is London. The temptress creature is not a humanoid in the forest. My Huldir is the life he left behind to live here. In a quiet town without football matches, the underground, band gigs, old pubs and old mates to live and love with only me. My Huldu Nelly broke my heart, but I am grateful for her. She forced me to stand face to face with my own basic lie and life illusion. Nothing I love is really mine. In Christian Norse mythology, the Hulder is only mentioned once. Now it's important to keep in mind how late Christianity hit Scandinavia. I mean, we believed in Valhall and Ragnarok up here for hundreds of years after the big christening of Europe. We are taught in school that the Holy Trinity took hold of the north when King Olaf the Holy One set the harsh ultimatum of Jesus in your heart or no head connected to your body. But what's for certain is that a lot of Norwegians kept their heathen beliefs long after the year 1000. Our early Christian mythological stories draw a much bigger resemblance to how we saw our Norse gods. Odin, Thor, Freya, or Baldr were known to often come knocking on our doors because these gods liked to spend time with humans. God spending time with humans is a common denominator in all ancient polytheism. The Huldur story goes like this. God came to see a woman in her cottage, and because she had only washed half of her children that day, she hid the rest. God, being all-seeing, saw the other unwashed children and decreed, that they be forever hidden from humanity. They would be called the Huldrs. This is why Huldra is a perfect analogy for mine. She symbolizes a defense that takes the hit for what we cannot handle. The truth. Mine is a devious word. It slithers out of your grip when you hold it too tight. Mine is like an emperor moth in your hands. If you hold it too hard, that delicate powder covering its fragile wings stains your skin and turns it from beautiful and free to useless and trapped. What we call mine is only borrowed. It can leave at any given time. Huldra is lust. And lustful is huldra. And lust makes us onerous. Beware of holding too tight. Thanks for listening. And please, if you like these podcasts, make sure to leave me a nice review and all the stars you think I deserve. It takes so little time, but it really does mean the world to me. Next time, I got a real treat for you. One of the most talked about and misunderstood characters in all of Universal Folklore. Can you guess the character yet?